February 19th marks the 79th anniversary of the Battle of Iwo Jima. Honor the courageous Marines who fought on the island and raised the American flag on Mont Suribachi by participating in our flag-raising challenge virtual run. Run, walk, bike, or swim as many miles as you can between February 19th and 23rd, the day the American flag was raised. The first 250 participants to register will receive an exclusive race pin with this year's logo. Text flag raising 24 to 41444. That's flag raising 24 to 41444 to sign up today. Good luck and give them hell, Marines. Hello, Scoboat listeners. Welcome back. We are starting a new segment based off our previous film review called, Vic, what's it called now? Uh, Semper Cinemas. So welcome to Semper Cinema, where we talk about Marine Corps cinema. In today's episode, we're going to talk about one of the most uh, key, important, significant pieces of not only uh, Marine Corps film history, but also just film history in general uh, with the Marines at Tarawa. So so um, from background information for audience, this movie was... Uh, directed by uh, Lewis Charles Hayward, who was uncredited. He was a Marine who enlisted in July 1942 and was commander of the photographic unit with the 2nd Marine Division that landed on Tarawa. And for his actions, he was awarded the Bronze Star. It was filmed by Staff Sergeant Norman T. Hatch with a 35mm Bell & Howard hand-cranked IMO camera, um, who was actually, again, on the beaches of Tarawa at the battle and filmed everything that he witnessed uh and according to the uh the uh history of the release of the film because of uh, its graphic nature it actually required permission directly from president fdr to uh to release to the public and president roosevelt in deciding whether or not to release or not because it was so graphic during wartime actually consulted a time life photographer robert sherrod who'd also participated in the battle as well and he's like, so, hey, man, you were there at this battle. What should I do? Should we release this? And uh, Sherrod's answer was essentially, like, the Marines and soldiers and people who fought not only at Tarawa but across the world want the public to see how awful this is, want to see what they go through, what, their, uh, what the struggles are. And it would be a disservice to them to edit this content or not release it. And with that, FDR gave it the go-ahead. It was released in March 2nd, 1944. So... At this point, uh, the war in Europe is starting to heat up. Overlord has not happened yet, but there's cer certainly some fighting in Italy as well as across the Pacific. And it won the 1944 Oscar for Best Documentary uh, Short Subject. So to start off this episode, uh, Vic and Nancy, give me your Amazon review of this film. You know, you're a, a crit film critique. You love posting your opinions on Amazon. What's your star rating and why? Yeah, I think I would give this for what it is uh, within the genre. I give it four and a half stars. I mean, it was extremely uh, visceral uh, in its depictions of war, uh, putting it in the context of uh, the time frame where you know uh, you're trying to really paint a much more rosy picture of the war front. You're trying to sell war bonds. Um, you're trying to, you know, continue to um, uh, uh, sort of fan the fire of the zeitgeist of support for the war effort. Um, this was uh, a a gritty outlook, um, and I also really appreciated the the fact that it, its entirety is actual footage from the battle. Uh, I thought that was really great. Um, and then 
uh, sort of the the tropes that you see in it, like the narration, uh, even the 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 tone and amber, amber, amber. I, I, I'm I'm on I'm on my, I'm on my lane here, but sort of how the 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 voiceover is is used. The way that there's clearly an overlay of um, studio sounds for the fighting and the explosions and stuff. Like if I if I close my eyes, I feel like I was watching like an A team uh, episode because uh, it, it it wasn't as realistic. But I really appreciated the the sense that they wanted people watching it to be. Uh, to feel as if they were on on the thing. So yeah, four and a half stars for this. Why? Why? What? What took the half star off? Um, I think it's it's hard for me to take myself out of my own context. Uh, so you know, as a uh, you know Gen Xer, used to a certain quality level. Uh, obviously, documentaries now have really just exploded in their quality of um, really you know sort of more long-form journalism than anything. And I didn't really feel that this had a journalistic quality to it, even though it was uh, a, a very, I think, a very, like I said, a, a very dis- visceral depiction. It didn't really have a, they weren't looking to do any deep dives and they weren't taking accounts of folks firsthand. Um, you weren't getting any reflections. You weren't getting any of the briefs. You, it was really just the battle. It, completely uh, removed from the island hopping campaign. It was just about the battle. Um, and so I thought, and obviously they're only shooting for 20 minutes, so you can't really do too much because that's a full-length documentary style, but I, I would have liked more context uh, and, and to have gotten more uh, for first-hand accounts. All right, awesome. Well, Nancy, what's your Amazon review? Well, first of all, I want to give some stars to Vic for the A-Team reference. Of course, <laughs> that always will propel. And also use of the word zeitgeist. <laughs> I love the word. So thanks for that. Um, I give it five stars because I looked at it in a in a different context, and also because I'm a great American. Um, <laughs> I look five, Mac. <laughs> I look at more. I look at it more instead of comparing it to documentaries that we're more familiar with now. To me, I compared it to the newsreel mm. of the day. And, and that film, to me, is the greatest of all the newsreels. And I, I'm trying to imagine how that, must have, how that must have been for moviegoers sitting in theaters to see that. And then, you know, they're on to whatever the feature was of the day and how... Yeah, some kid who's about to go off to MCRD San Diego just got drafted, <laughs> goes and watches that. How startling yeah. that must have yeah. been. But, but I also like the <coughs> fact that it, it covered everything. Um, I, I, from, you know, you've got the scene where the chaplain yeah, doing the cool. service. And, and some of the tight shots, the close-ups of Marines at that prayer service, I mean, you can see the – you can see it all in their expressions, even in that two-second clip. The other, the other reason I, I feel personally – kind of attached to this particular film is because Norm Hatch got his, uh, we don't call him videographers then, but he got his his uh, combat correspondent chops initially with Leatherneck. He started his career oh, as a Leathernecker. Bringing it home. Yeah. So uh, I, I've always kind of, it, from the first time I saw this film and I saw it after I came to work for Leatherneck, 
I always felt, you know, oh, like, that's one of our guys. That's one of our films, even though he was not with Leatherneck when he was uh, there. And also, he, having been a photojournalist in the way back years, the idea of standing there filming all of that amidst that chaos and, you know, putting your life in jeopardy, same as those who were fighting the war, but you're not, you know, you're yeah, Your key weapon is that yeah. camera. You're defenseless. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, when, I, when I did a, a write-up after Norm died, um, I think I said something. I have to go back and look at it, but I said something about, you know, armed only with uh, – yeah – have to His go back camera to and yeah. a uh, a forty five Colt forty five pistol. Th right, right. But which, if I've you have to use a pistol in combat, a lot of things have gone yeah, wrong. It's That's really right. a bad day. Yeah. And I've got some great pictures of Norm. There's actually a photo that exists. It was in a we printed it in a Leatherneck. A photo that another one of the still photographers took of Norm shooting film of the battle. What um what edition did did this article come out in so that our audience could check this it out? This was July 2017. It was a saved round, and that was the issue we also sadly ran Norm's obituary in. Norm died at the age of 96. Um, but but what a what a thing to be shooting film while people are shooting, shooting each other you. and yeah. shooting at you. Um, I'm just trying to imagine the kind of composure he had to have to not flinch you know Ooh, to, sure. to get get all that footage for us that's why i that's why i gave it five stars yeah i'm, I'm on the the nancy train on this one uh five stars not only for um as a historical piece but also like for its time uh and and also it, it's 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 it the historical precedence that it's i think the first time ever where combatants from two opposing sides were filmed in the same frame as each other. There's a scene mm, where the right, Japanese are retreating yeah. and the Marines are, are shooting at them. At, and you, I mean, you're seeing bullets go around as, as the Japanese are retreating. And then on top of it, uh, I like the narration style where the narrator is using we. And for, at first, I thought I, I said a comment of that. I love that you finished by yeah. Well, at first, I thought I, I thought it, it took away from authenticity. But then doing more research on the film and realizing, oh, it was directed by someone who enlisted the Marine or joined the Marine Corps. Oh, it was filmed by, you know, mm -hmm. a Marine itself. It gives it a sense where it's a very much like a, uh, the individual, the the film itself is 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 capturing more or less a specific place of time rather than trying to, I guess, do a more traditional documentary where you're telling a story. It's sort of like, I'm here, here's what I have observed. And I, I like the fact that it doesn't go I into the details of, you know, we are part of this unit, this is the sector we landed on, um, and this is the overall operational strategic picture. It's basically showing you the cameraman's perspective and, and what, and what, uh, what mm -hmm. he saw and what mm -hmm. he experienced. And uh, comparing it to a lot of propaganda photos, uh, videos at the time, uh, my YouTube feed is is all fucked up these days. So I I, I was uh, going through it and saw a um, no, it's the algorithms doing what yeah. algorithms do. Yeah, uh, well, the algorithm wants me to see a lot of combat footage for some fucking reason. But um, I saw like a uh, German uh, 1944-1945 reel depicting the Battle of the Bulge, and it's in entirely different in in the nature and in the context of it. You know, they're trying to the, the German propaganda piece is trying to push like this is a great victory. Look at our heroic troops doing stuff. Not to say that the the um with the Marines at Tarawa doesn't try to you know promote Marine Corps heroism. It definitely 
it, it definitely is a propaganda piece as, as much as it is a documentary. But it's, it, it shows you that these are people, this is the cost. It shows American dead. Sure. It had that level of authenticity. I think also that's what I was, I was getting at with grit. And we had talked a little bit before we started recording, but depending on which uh, YouTube video, there's a longer version. So I was like, oh, what did I miss? So I went and looked at it, and it was back-ended by a Navy's uh, quote-unquote document, pseudo-documentary about the Battle of Guam. And it lacked all of those things that you're talking about, that authenticity and the grit, uh, because it was very manicured um, in a certain way. Yeah. yeah so the, the biggest, I mean, as a historical piece, the fact that it, it, it captures one of the most brutal battles in American history firsthand uh, on the front lines is, is, is critical. And I believe, you know, not only our Marine audience, but if you're interested in history or you're just even interested in film in general, it is worth your time. Yeah. So totally. my, my question for uh, y'all going forward is then um, knowing that this uh, movie was released in March 2nd, 1944, who is it made for? Good question. I think it was made for, I think it was made for America, made for Americans. Um, and I think that was a, a, bold but risky move because it could have backfired because it really did show the high cost of war and such visceral scenes as you as you said before Vic that that really could have had people say yeah we we really don't want to do this we we kind of changed our mind um this might not be such a great idea let's get back to our isolationist ways mm, interesting um i think it was it was a very bold move I, I, I looked at it as it was um, for Marines, I, the, the guys in uniform. Mm -hmm. um, I felt like almost like a, uh, a, a football coach always wants to check tape. I felt like maybe this was a way for them to have a, uh, an AAR-style thing where we're not just talking uh, you know, uh, graphics on a map. Um, we're actually able to see, and then, uh, then I think once they reviewed it, because I wonder too, you know, as we talked, it's like twenty minutes, right? Twenty something minutes. What what made what what hit the cutting room floor? And so I wonder then if you've got hours upon hours of things, were, was Marine Corps leadership using it first, and then they decided to cut it up for public consumption? I don't, I, <laughs> so my thought was it was for Marines, and then. Once they look and edit it, and like, oh, we could release this for the public. Then it's an interesting theory. Be something uh, worth researching on. So, do you think this is a type of film as we as we mentioned? It, it came out March second, nineteen forty four. This is before D Day, but there's still fighting going on in, going on in Italy. There's still they had just gotten uh, you know recently before this completed North Africa campaign. Right, there's right. fighting all out in the Pacific. Is this a type of film that you could have released? Um let's say like an equivalent film for Guadalcanal with with the same level of, of, of grit and authenticity? Or is this something that uniquely could have come in the, in the middle of a war where we're kind of needing to reevaluate, you know, why we're fighting and why we're pressing forward? Oh, an interesting question. Good question. I mean, so Vic, yeah. I mean, you're a Marine, you've served, you've, 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 you've fought in wars. Um, if, if, you saw this bef a film like this similar to what you experienced going into um, the Middle East. H would this have 
how how would that have affected you? Yeah, I I, I think there's I I don't think I'm a good case study. Um, you know, I I've always sort of had a hero's complex. Um, oh, so that you've been like, fuck yeah, this is well, what no, I want. That actually like, happened. So, so I, and I think we've joked about this before. You know, I, I, we do the invasion. Mm-hmm. Um, the war has a much, much different face when I went back in uh, 2007. Uh, but in the interim, Fallujah, Ramadi, Haditha all happened. And there's a bunch – and YouTube is now exploding. Yeah. There was a bunch of stuff. I mean, shit, I remember um, – Actually, this happened right after 9-11. They were showing um, uh, the assault on – was it um, uh, uh, on Rhino, on the forces going into Afghanistan? Mm-hmm. We were in the auditorium in Okinawa, and then they showed this video of the Mew going into Afghanistan and kicking ass. You know, all of us, you know, in uniform, like, you know, let's do this thing. Same thing, uh, three five was three five or maybe it was just Fifth Marines released a Fallujah video, and you know I think they had like one of the you know uh, new metal rock band overlaid mm-hmm. on top of it, and it's like kick ass and. Well, can, can I throw a wrench yeah, in that? Please. Did those videos you watch have dead Marines or dead Americans yes. in them? Yeah, they, they did. did. For wow, sure. Wow. Okay. Um, not as much. Um, mm-hmm. more dead. Uh, you know, insurgents and things, but. Yeah, it w- I I don't think I would have been deterred. Now, understanding my place in culture, though, <laughs> uh, had something like that been released on the eve of folks, <laughs> you know, so you have let's say you have nine eleven, you have a, a lot of folks, you know, you, you have a lot of uh, people, uh, you know, uh, moving towards. Uh, recruitment takes off and all these things and then, and then a video like that were to come out i don't know it's hard to say i, I think maybe everybody's so angry mm-hmm. after 9-11 i'm not sure it would have been much of a deterrent I, I just refer back to what i said previously that it was it it's a risky move yeah mm-hmm. showing it to civilians and and referring or uh, referencing an interview Bic, you and i did yesterday for an upcoming episode you know, if you don't have the mothers of the yeah, good point of the men and women now who are going to enlist, then you've got a problem. Yeah, and and that was, I mean, it's it's hard to put myself back in, really take the temperature of the mood of America in March 1944 because mm-hmm. obviously I wasn't there. Yeah. Um, well, I will say from a recruiting standpoint. Um, it was a problem. I was uh, I was on the street. Uh, well, I was on the street, but I was the opso of folks who were trying to recruit during Phantom Fury, during um, uh, you know Fallujah and Ramadi. I remember <laughs> there was a story of a recruiter who was doing a house call on a 17-year-old wanting to uh, join the delayed entry program, and he's talking to the parents, and they have the news on. And they're showing all the stuff coming back from Iraq. <laughs> so what he did was he positioned himself in between the parents and the TV. So he's blocking the TV to give them their pitch because had they seen that, you know, they <laughs> like you're saying, like, I'm not sending my babies off to that meat grinder. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. So as we get closer to concluding this interview, we have a few minutes left. Uh, my final question is going to be uh, to each of you. What is the film's argument? What is it trying to say? Hmm. Is it? Does it have? 
I don't know, Nancy, why don't you, I feel like I talked too much already, why don't you? I don't know if it has an argument. Again, I'm looking at it through the lens of a journalist, <laughs> and in this case, specifically a photojournalist. Journalists have arguments. Every, every, but, every yeah, but that's not what we're supposed to do. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. <laughs> you, you, that's you, called you the op-ed something. pages. We're just supposed to show you what what is happening. Mm-hmm. That's not what journalism is anymore, but, saying, but, but that's saying, another topic. But saying this is happening in this way is making an argument. I, I think it was purely informational. Here, here's, mm-hmm. here's what's really happening. Here's what's going on. Here's what, what it means. Yeah, and what, what, what is that? War, death, the it, enemy. Could it be archival? Like we need, like we've got this tech, and we've got a guy willing to run around mm-hmm. with this camera on his shoulder. Can, this is something that's going to be important for right. the historical Telling archive. Telling the story for now and for later, not trying to give you tell you what your opinion should be but here's the story take it do what you want with it here's here are the facts i I have a little bit of a different angle i i I agree with that but uh, to just move it to the next maybe it closes with the eagle globe and anchor and saying semper fi so i mean i do feel Mm -hmm. like it's it's moved at least what they cut moved beyond just archival stuff i do feel like it is trying to appeal to what Marines are, and that is we are gritty. Um, we do run towards the chaos, and I think it's trying to appeal to those folks that this would appeal to. Like I think they're they're trying to reach a very specific kind of market, um, you know, American Spartan sort of thing, and then say, "Semper Fidelis, man! Like you're a badass." I don't know. Well. I, I would that makes sense. divide their argument into three sections because f- it, it is a propaganda piece, it, it, r- regardless of, you know, it's, it's documentary um, nature and it, and, it, and it is greediness and authenticity. You can still be an authentic piece of propaganda. So the first thing I, I would say to argue is um, first and foremost, especially because it includes the greedy t- details that there, it's arguing that there is a cost to this war, that cost will be high and that cost must be paid for. Um, and that's where the authenticity comes in. It's trying to show the American public that this is what it's like. It's not good. It's ugly. And it's going to keep on happening until this is over. The second thing I would argue that it's doing, it is um, arguing that America's winning the war. Yeah, because they definitely make a point to say, hey, we killed over 4,000 Japanese and we lost less than 1,000. Like, we are. Exactly. We're fucking badass. It, 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 it's, the fact that it's covering an American victory a, a, a very important and noteworthy American victory is, is, is showing the audience, listen, it's going to be bad, it's going to be tough, but we're winning this. This, 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 is, this, is, this is good. There's going to be a lot more battles like this, but it's, it's going to be successful in the end. And the final argument is, I think, covered in the title. It's not the Battle of Tarawa, or it's not the Island of Petito. It's with the Marines at Tarawa. This is definitely a, a Marine Corps, I don't want to say puff piece, because, you know, I've worked for Marine Corps Association. Marines are badass, but it's definitely sh- demonstrating that the Marine Corps is one of the most significant, important, powerful tools in the American arsenal. It's definitely promoting the Marine Corps as an institution and as a warfighting institution. So, from from my perspective, I would say, judging by you know the context of the era, the content of the footage, and 
and even you know the name of it it's making those three arguments so as we are tying up do we have any uh lasting uh thoughts or anything for, to leave with our audience to go ahead and uh check it out i do we somewhere somewhere in the bowels of the uh leatherneck archives we have a video recording an interview with norm hatch done when he was in his late 80s i think i need to dig that up we need to find that and we need to figure out a way to present that to our listeners i fully agree I guess my la- my only comment would be a call to action for our listeners is can you find something of modern era that would be that could f- would fit alongside uh you know with the Marines of Tarawa because so much of the YouTube and stuff like we talked about like the things that were clearly um meant to that that moved out of that realm of documentary and moved out of the realm of journalism and really are sort of a manicured uh, expression of these battles. Do we have something that is within the, the visual medium sort of analogous to this? I, I don't know. I, I, I think that a lot of it, it's clearly propaganda or clearly trying to show a unit's badassness. I don't know if there's anything that's really trying to show like just the battle itself. I don't know. Yes, go ahead and then audience let us know if you have anything like this nancy you have one more point i've got one more point if you want to see the actual oscar statue it's at the marine corps museum it's on display oh sweet all right awesome well audience thanks for tuning in to another episode of uh semper cinema, semper cinema. <laughs> we're gonna have these keep going if any recommendations we'll happily do that we're gonna have more coming down the pike uh and recommended r- recommendations for the series name too <laughs> so yeah we don't have necessarily no have no we're stuck episode. we're stuck with that all right wait, wait. But uh, also, uh, With the Marines at Terra is available on YouTube as well as Wikipedia and Library of Congress and all over the internet. It's pretty easy to find. It's only 20 minutes, and it's 100% worth your time. Well, thanks again for tuning in. We'll hope to see you all soon. Ira. The Marine Shop would like to extend a Happy New Year to our servicemen and women, friends, and families of the Corps. For over 60 years, the Marine Shop has prided itself on high-quality uniforms and expert tailoring. Whether you've snagged a seam, lost a button, or need your medals and ribbons updated, we're here to help. Act now for your uniform repairs and updates before it's too late. Stop by our Quantico location or contact a customer support specialist at 888-237-7683 for additional information. The Marine Shop also carries an array of tactical gear, apparel, and decor. From helmet bags and knives to t-shirts and decals, the Marine Shop has your Marine Corps needs covered. We carry items from trusted brands such as K-Bar, Smith & Wesson, and Under Armour. Shop online at www.marineshop.net or in store at our Quantico locations for deals and new products. With the holidays behind us and 2024 fully underway, get a jump on any of your uniform and equipment needs. The Marine Shop has your Marine Corps needs covered. Scuttlebutt is a production of the Marine Corps Association. I am William Trudy. But you've also heard the voices or contributions of Vic Rubel, USMC Retired, Nancy Lichman, or Ty Frazier. The opinions expressed in this episode do not reflect the official stance of the Marine Corps, DOD, or Marine Corps Association.